You're listening to Resurrection Life Podcast with your hosts, Father Steve Matson and Richard Budd, the podcast of the Church of the Resurrection in Lansing, Michigan. In today's episode, we talk about the timeline and expectations for the upcoming church renovation. We hear a reflection on meditation, and we listen to a poem by Brian Fink, Sunday Obligation. Welcome to Resurrection Life Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. This is your host, Richard Budd, and with me as always... Father Steve. How's it going, Father? It's going well. Yeah? yeah your Lent, Lent starting Lent is, well. Lent is underway. I'm, every time I impose ashes uh, and have them imposed on my forehead, especially when there's the little children, yeah. I just realize, oh, wow, the, the poignancy of this uh, scene and, and this right that we do every year it's good yeah it struck me uh so i've only ever had the opportunity to impose ashes uh once um i was uh when i was in seminary and uh, i was helping out at a parish mm-hmm. and it is it it is striking to yeah. say that to people over and over again and and to invite them and to hear them say amen yeah yeah uh the other option is repent and believe in the gospel, sure. right? Which which is good. Yeah, but it's good to hear you're going to be I'm, blessed. I mean, really. <laughs> and I, I think you were at the 815 Mass, yeah. so, so I, I need to little, put a little sticky note in there. There's two different options for prayers over the ashes, and this, this goes to one of the changes that happened after Vatican II uh, with regard to blessings. So the first prayer is a blessing of the people who will receive ashes. Sure. The second one is a blessing of the ashes. Yeah. So I prayed the first one. I said, no, no, we're going to do this one too. So yeah. we're going to bless the ashes. So uh, the ashes right now are kind of being soaked. And okay. so I'll pour them into the ground, which sure. is what you do with blessed things. Yeah. And uh, obviously you can wash them off. They, they, I mean, I remember, you know, what is that? Oh, it's the ashes. Oh, yeah. Why is my <laughs> forehead so itchy today? And, uh, uh, but it, it's, uh, it, is, it is good to be reminded of our mortality. And this season... Uh, it, it's not a happy season, but it's a good season for spiritual growth. I always find this season is a very peaceful season. That's right. I'm always I find I'm spiritually more at peace during Lent, which physically I'm agitated because of all of the fasting and whatnot. But right. uh, deeper, I, I'm more at peace. I did notice uh, this year. It seemed there was maybe it has to do with the Hallow app and all the marketing they're doing, but it seemed like Ash Wednesday was more in the wider cultural context, uh, um, conscience. I was seeing, um, and just, uh, like on Twitter and, and the news and things like that more, it seemed than usual, uh, talk of ashes. I do. I do. I mean, whether, whatever the reason is, I think there is a hunger for enchantment Mm -hmm. and of whatever kind, yeah. right? And the Christian enchantment, the, the real enchantment, the uh, understanding that things are more than they appear mm-hmm. uh, is really vital. And so there's a every year at Michigan State, I mean, the, the, the amount of students who come to receive ashes probably outstrips by fivefold oh, yeah. uh, the number that come week after week to Mass. Yeah. This wasn't something I was aware of until I worked in parishes that 
the like the most attended mass during the year. It's not Christmas. It's not Easter. It's Ash Wednesday. Well, and and so there was, there was somebody who came after our six p.m., which was obviously the last mm-hmm. mass, and uh, they looked rather forlorn. And I said, uh, uh, "Can I help you?" Oh, I thought the bulletin said it was seven p.m. Now it might might be IHM might be uh, Saint John's. Oh, I, I said, were you open to get ashes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Father. And so I gave them ashes. I mean, sure. the church would say there should be a liturgy of the word, but yeah. I didn't want to take that time. What they wanted yeah. was ashes. Yeah. And so honestly, Lord can work with that. Yeah. Right. I, I I want. What am I marking myself with? I'm marking myself with aspiration mm-hmm. to be more than I yeah, am. For sure. To be more like what the Lord wants me to be, and. You know, I, I I made a joke after I think the uh, the noon mass. I said, you know, when the when the little kids they see the thumb coming and they they dodge it, uh, it's either that they're proud, you're not going to smudge my forehead, <laughs> or they're humble. Didn't you just read the gospel that says, "Do not trumpet your your spirituality before mm, men"? Yeah. So, in any case, they, it is that imposition. I Im- imposed ashes on my great nieces and nephews, and. Uh, the youngest is, I think, maybe four, four or five months old, and uh, or the youngest is four or five months old, and uh, you know, just seeing a picture afterward of of his. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. I, I missed it. It wasn't quite centered, <laughs> but uh, but he was sleeping. He was a slumber. And think about it: if the Lord tarries, he might be alive a hundred years hence. Mm, right? Sure. Yeah. But. We're still going to call to mind his baptism mm-hmm. when he was claimed for Christ, and perhaps a hundred times he'll have ashes imposed. Yeah, remember that you were dust, and to dust you shall return. Yeah, two thoughts. Uh, I'm just going back. I'm thinking again of of that experience of of giving ashes. Uh, the parish that I went to, let's just say, um, it wasn't in the diocese of Lansing. Uh, we we were we were encouraging a, a period of renewal in the parish and they had previously had practice of just leaving a bowl of ashes out in the church and people would just come and throughout the day whenever they had time That's beautiful yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> like the whole sense of like somebody is speaking this to you yeah. and this re- you know you're receiving it it's well I, I can't you. do it to myself I can't yeah, say re- exactly re- I, I can't absolve mm-hmm. myself I can't impose them so Jacob you know, you, yeah, the you're at the, you're at the mercy of 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 mercy. <laughs> you know, That's you right. can't give That's yourself right. mercy, That's right? right. Uh, but the other thought is, um, I was always curious as to why we put this very visible mark on our forehead when the gospel says, "Don't do that." Exactly. Exactly. Um, and Jeremy Priest at the diocese said, um, "He's our director he's, of worship." Yeah he 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 pointed out it's actually not. Uh, in response to the gospel, it's actually in response to the first reading about a public oh, fast. Right. Yeah, and so declare a public fast. Uh, do this call as an assembly a, exactly, and so, gather the priests. Yeah, a great reading. Right, it is. And so, um, putting ashes on our forehead is a mark of the communal season that we're all entering into. Not my personal piety. Yeah, that's a good so point. So that made sense to me. And, and, you know, just that story of Jonah, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even the cows yeah. had sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> exactly. And I do think, uh, you know, that kind of corporate, we're in this together, 
is helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the keys of Catholic spirituality is we're, we're saved in community. Mm-hmm. We're not, it's just not my personal yeah. piety or my personal safe, uh, my, my faith. Uh, it is, it's not a, a interior. It's, I've been incorporated into a body mm-hmm. that exists. Mm-hmm. It's mystical, but it's also the church militant here below. Yeah. And speaking of the community, we have some updates on uh, what's going to be happening this spring and summer. Yeah, we're uh, we're very hopeful. Uh, this will be recorded uh, about a week before the diocese, finance council, and college of consultors will uh, look over our proposal for the broader, not just sanctuary, but the sanctuary and nave renovation, new pews, all of those. And there's been some refined images that we'll can we'll put out as soon as we have them. Finally approved in terms of the Rarados, that's that structure around which the which will be around the the crucifix and the altar of repose, the altar of sacrifice, and then uh, the ambo. And I think people will like uh, those renderings when we get those approved. But in any case, they're they're looking at that and the expenditure of the funds. Most everybody who's responded to my request to be able to reallocate funds that we had originally thought we would use to connect the two school buildings have said yes. Uh, We've had probably 85 responses now and just one person uh, who, you know, really uh, felt like the portion of her gift and it wasn't a really large gift, so it doesn't affect our ability to move forward with it. But we've got basically what we need in our Witness to Hope Fund for the broader and that's thanks in part, I mean, the fact that we can get this much for this little is a testament to Chris Spaulding's uh, working with contractors that he knows and mm-hmm. saying, you know, it's the church and yeah. kind of really prevailing upon them to, to give us <laughs> the best price possible. Sure. And so I'm excited about that possibility. What we're, what we're looking at right now is uh, two weeks after Easter, we'll have on that Saturday, Saturday of the second week of Easter, we'll have our first communion mass. And we may... Uh, start demo that afternoon Okay. Uh, as soon as that, but no later than Monday after that okay. if all is approved as we hope and that the, the contractors are able to come in. But the demo can begin anytime. Uh, and uh, our plan is to have weekend masses uh, at Lansing Catholic, probably the Saturday evening mass, we would invite people to go to either St. Mary's Cathedral or St. Therese, and then we would have four masses probably here on Sun uh, at Lansing Catholic, because it's a smaller space, probably the 8, 9, 30, 11, 30, and then an evening mass at 5. Okay. So that's that's our tentative. We'll, we'll know more uh, as the day draws close, but sure. that's, that's our plan at this point, and I'll need to get another priest to help me with one of those four masses on Sunday. At, at Lansing Catholic. Because you can try Nate, but... I cannot fornicate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can't either. <laughs> no, I, nobody could. Um, so um, how long do you think that this is going to take? Well, we're, we're wrestling with that right now, and I think the minimum we should plan on is 16 weeks, but it might go 20, might go 24. So we may be into the the new school year by the time we're able to to finish things up. And we might be able to use it, uh, but not have everything um, set. And Chris is focused on trying to get things uh, 
wrapped up as, as quickly as possible. This might be getting too into the weeds, but I am just curious and I'm, I'm hosting the podcast, so I get to ask the question. Um, is there any structural shoring up that actually needs to be done to, no, so it's going to no, be, it's, okay. It's, it's solid. So, so the, the only change we would need to, so the, the two sides where Mary and Joseph are, the statues up front, mm-hmm. uh, and the front here is the back, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the, the altar area, uh, that, um, platform where it, there used to be an altar rail needs to be shored up, but that's okay. that will not be a significant expense. And then there'll be work; all the pews will be removed, and the the, the terrazzo will be refinished, and there'll be some areas that will be sculpted out to accommodate pushing out the altar area a little bit farther than it than was it before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, so the we'll have. Uh, a set of mock-ups for the the final project um, as soon as possible after we get approval. So, it, within uh, a month or so, I would say we'd have those. Great, I'd love it if uh, if the architect or somebody could could write uh, or share somehow uh, why certain choices were made, what design choices, different yeah. elements. Um, I know you shared with the. A parish pastoral council. Why certain saints were going to be chosen? Right. Um, just, I think the the wider parish would find that very interesting. Yeah, um, that's, that's a good idea. I know um, there's one detail that I'm aware of that the the kind of the sanctuary area will be in the shape of a cube, um, and that goes back to the book of uh, Revelation where heaven is described in a cube shape. It also goes back to the Old Testament when um, is a Daniel. Uh, sees heaven. Um, I think it's Ezekiel. Ezekiel, okay. Yeah. Uh, in, in kind of that same shape of a cube, and so uh, the idea is when we when when the the priest enters into the sanctuary, he's entering into so the just eternal. We're, we're, the, absolutely, there's there's the cube, but uh, given uh, the the demands and our desire to have everyone be able to see clearly the the uh, person who is reading the, the readings and proclaiming the gospel, uh, the sanctuary will have an annex. It'll be, you know, na- namely, it's namely, a little buffer. <laughs> so, so the, the um, uh, ambo will be in the west or as you're looking at the altar, the left side, and it will be an octagonal shape and it will stick out over the edge. It'll be mm-hmm. nice. It'll be yeah, a nice yeah. design. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And the... Uh, in the altar itself, and I'll just give you a, a few hints, we, we pulled the Alpha and the Omega symbol that are in the crucifix, and those are in the front nice. on either side. Okay. And then, so there's that kind of mirroring. And uh, the, uh, the the four saints, we've got the Blessed Mother and John, the beloved disciple, that will be painted beneath the crucifix on the wall, and then four saints of the resurrection, St. Mary Magdalene, St. Thomas the Apostle, St. Peter, and St. Paul. St. Paul had the revelation outside of time, mm-hmm. so on the road to uh, uh, Damascus. Damascus yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not the road to Emmaus. No, no. That was, that he was appeared different. to them too, but we don't know who they are, so exactly. So uh, it's great. Um, we're using uh, an architect by the name of Philip Breckler for those pieces. And that's uh, Greg Ingalls cousin. Oh, okay. And uh, the local architect is a member of St. Gregory the Great, uh, Joshua, I don't know if it's Papich or 
Papik, okay. P-A-P-I-C. Sure. But he's been doing great work and uh, both of them. I, I'm so grateful for, um, you know, I've said a lot of the times that the, the exterior of our church promises more than the interior has always delivered. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've got plans for five pendant, large pendant lights Okay. In the sanctuary, sure. if you go into the church, you'll see those big vents. Yeah, those will be covered by a, a square uh, surround, and then hanging from those uh, with a decorative way will be the the five. And then we'll have canned lights to supplement complement that light uh, for the rest of the church. Well, I'm just really excited that the um, that the uh, the appearance uh, of the church will match the will will match the um, reality. That's yeah. happening, yeah. because I think for so long the what we've what we've had in front of our eyes doesn't really match the beauty and the depth of what's happening. You that, know. That's right, and and one of the things that you know I've, I've talked to other priests, and and there've been not a few priests who have begun to make available kneelers uh, for people to receive communion kneeling. Uh, as you know, I've never talked about it, I've never advocated it, but people desired it. Mm-hmm. And the more they saw others doing so, they've chosen to do that themselves. And it's always a little bit awkward when I see somebody who is not used to those particular kneelers kneel down and try to get up again. Mm-hmm. So for us to have a more stable yeah. structure. Yeah, because those things can be a little bit tipsy yeah, at exactly. times. If you and push then, on the yeah, top yeah, exactly, wrong. Or... Yeah. And, and so once you've done it, you realize, okay, don't mm-hmm. do that again. Yeah. But It'll be, uh, and we're going to make that available for everybody in the church, not just those who come to the center. No one's going to be required to, to come to the uh, yeah. the communion rail. Although we will, frankly, expedite. We'll have people line up, and then if they want to receive in the hand, they can do that. Mm-hmm. But it'll be it'll be not that the point is to move quickly, but we'll be able to distribute communion. It's a little more efficient. It is. It is more yeah. efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm. I am. I. I have to say, I'm excited about it. It's been. Way oh, very too long, long coming, <laughs> right? I, I, I acknowledge it. I acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm so grateful for Chris and uh, uh, his efforts, along with Don, and uh, the, the work of the Finance Council to mm-hmm. approve um, things moving forward. We've um, presented materials to the diocese, and we'll discuss those. I'm a part of the consultors, but I'll, um, I won't be a part of that. I'll, I'll recuse myself for that conversation because it has to do with resurrection. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else? Uh, well, let me just encourage you, whatever the... Uh, sometimes we can have really high aspirations at the beginning of Lent and uh, we get a little discouraged. Let me, let me encourage you to recommit, not to too much. If, if, you, if you're doing too much, pull back, but then commit to what you've, you've done because the Lord sees that. He sees that the Lord does not ask us he, he says be perfect, mm-hmm. but he doesn't demand perfection. Mm-hmm. He tolerates our feeble efforts to move forward. The enemy wants us to throw in the towel. Well, forget it. You've already, it's already over. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We haven't even gotten too late. It's all right, Sunday yet. Yeah. We're, it's not over. So. I had to recommit after day two. So, well, let's be honest about yeah. that, that, that we are all of us in this together. And that's the benefit of uh, saying, all right, Let's encourage each other uh, to move forward. And I think if if you have given yourself a relatively easy penance, perhaps the Lord might be inviting you. The, the point is not severity for severity's sake, but that sense of really training your will. And 
one of the things I've I said it on Ash Wednesday is take time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is that silence that we're trying to foster in the liturgies during this holy season that the Lord wants us to to have mark and uh, be a characteristic of our lives together. Mm-hmm. Silent, prayerful attentiveness. Yeah. All right. Well, for another week, this is Rich. And Father Steve. God bless. There are many ways in which we can engage in the spiritual life. Vocal prayer, mental prayer, the liturgy, and Lexio Divina. In the following reflection from Sean O'Neill, we examine the practice of meditation and consider how it can help us to encounter the Lord in a real and powerful way. Meditation The word meditation has all sorts of connotations depending on a number of factors. The most common form of meditation that people are used to hearing about might well be Buddhist meditation, or at least some form of meditation based on Eastern religions. But in the Christian context, meditation is a form of prayer to the one true God that has been around for centuries. Here's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church has to say about meditation. Meditation engages thought, imagination, emotion and desire. This mobilisation of faculties is necessary in order to deepen our convictions of faith, prompt the conversion of our heart and strengthen our will to follow Christ. Christian prayer tries above all to meditate on the mysteries of Christ, as in Lexio Divina or the Rosary. This form of prayerful reflection is of great value, but Christian prayer should go further, to the knowledge of the love of the Lord Jesus, to union with him. St Ignatius of Loyola developed a method of meditation in his spiritual exercises in which the person praying uses their imagination to place themselves inside an event or a parable or a scene from the Gospels. What Ignatius suggests as a way of preparing to meditate, is to begin by placing ourselves in the presence of God and being aware of his closeness to us as we pray. Then offering the meditation to God the Father through Jesus. And lastly, asking for help from the Blessed Virgin Mary and the saints. In the case where we're meditating on a gospel scene, Ignatius suggests using our imagination to conjure up the details. What do I see in the scene? Who is there with me? What sounds, smells and sights do I experience? And what do I feel as I ponder the scene? The purpose of this kind of meditation is not just an interesting but empty mental exercise. The aim is ultimately to come closer to God. So we can ask ourselves, what is God trying to communicate to me through this meditation? How will the experience change my behaviour or the way I think about life and my place in it? What difficulties will I have to overcome in the light of the meditation? Ignatius encourages us to speak to God the Father, Jesus or Mary and allow them to speak to us. We should pay attention to the movements of our heart, especially to any affections that arise from the meditation. Does the experience of the meditation lead me to love God more fervently, to serve Him better, 
to empty myself so that God might increase as I decrease. This conversation or colloquy is meant to lead us to make some kind of resolution with regard to our life. And so we should ask the Lord what change he wants to make in us and to our way of life or our dealings with those the Lord puts in our path day to day. The meditation method ends with giving thanks to God for the good resolutions you made and for the revelations you received in the meditation and asking forgiveness for your distractions or neglect. St. Teresa of Avila also developed a method of contemplation. The task of this method is to provide a way to exercise the intellect and will in the course of mental prayer. She says, The intellect seeks to convince the soul that God loves her and wishes to be loved by her. The will, responding to the divine invitation, loves. St. Teresa's method has seven stages. Preparation, reading, reflection or meditation, colloquy, thanksgiving, offering and petition. The method begins once again with placing ourselves in the presence of God by means of a good thought. For example, we can dwell on the fact that God loves us despite our weaknesses. Then we choose for the subject of the meditation a reading that dwells upon a truth of the faith which can make his love evident to us. Next, the core of the method is to thoroughly examine the reading. The good thoughts contained in the reading should inflame our hearts with a greater conviction that God loves us and wishes to be loved by us. This leads to the next step, which is colloquy. This consists of engaging in a loving conversation with God, which is the heart of our prayer in which we tell God that we want to love him, that we want to advance in his holy love, and that we wish to prove our love for him by our actions and by doing his will. The last part of this method consists of thanking God for all he has done for us and for what he has revealed to us during the meditation session. We then make an offering to the Lord of our good resolution that tangibly expresses our love for God and our gratitude to him. We then finish the prayer with a petition in which we ask God to help, since we know that we are weak and frail creatures. You will probably have noticed that there are similarities between these two methods, not just in some of the steps of the methods, but also in the main aim. Both the methods focus primarily on loving God, paying attention to what's happening in our hearts as we ponder the truths that arise from our meditation, and responding to God in words, but also in sentiments of love. Both meditations switch the focus of the prayer from the person who is praying to the person prayed to. In other words, the main focus of our attention is on God, not on what we are thinking about at the time, or on what is distracting us in prayer. You would also have noticed that both methods lead us in the end to an increased love of God. Although we're using a reading to focus our meditation, the end point and the whole reason for meditating in the first place is to stir up in us a love for God. Ultimately, it's not the mental exercise involved in meditation that brings about a change in us, but rather God's love. In a sense, although there are certain actions we take, reading, placing ourselves in a gospel scene, 
thinking about the impact the scene has on us, it is really God who is the main actor in our prayer. He is not an immobile entity who is as inscrutable and as silent as Mount Rushmore. He's a real and living God who wants our good and loves us actively through all the vehicles of love that we can encounter in life, from meditation to work, from conversation to the simple tasks of eating, sleeping and even breathing. There is no trick to having a successful session of meditation. The main effort involves opening ourselves to God's love and responding to that love by loving him back. In fact, a number of the saints recommend that if we can reach the point of mutual love like that, there is no need to go through the whole meditation method. When we do that, we enter into a different style of prayer called contemplation. Contemplation we can leave for another reflection, but suffice it to say that St. Teresa describes contemplation thus, Contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Contemplative prayer seeks him whom my soul loves. It is Jesus and in him the Father. We seek him because to desire him is always the beginning of love. And we seek him in that pure faith which causes us to be born of him and to live in him. In this inner prayer we can still meditate, but our attention is fixed on the Lord himself. Let's pray and ask God for the gift of being able to encounter him through meditation. Lord Jesus, pour out your grace upon us and teach us how to find time in our lives for meditation how to enrich our understanding of your love by thinking about your life, death and resurrection, and how to open ourselves to your love that is made manifest in that quiet time that we spend with you. Help us to experience growth in our spiritual life by exploring new methods of prayer and study, and most of all, help us to discover your love as we pray. Amen. We finish this episode with a poem by Brian Fink, Sunday Obligation. Sunday Obligation by Brian Fink My son greets the Sabbath like most other days, bleary and bold, chews his toast until it's cold, then half puts on his pants and sweater vest, one wrong arm in one sleeve, and out the rest. He dons striped socks, two count, though not a pair, and with either shoe on either foot hanging off the chair, he rushes through the mudroom door, breathing the spirit in the morning air. Refusing my hand and asking to race from the lot to the door to our worn wooden pew, he glances askance at habited faces, Spies long down each row, again, again, anew. And once we've found our holy trench, he bends one knee or both toward the front in reverence. Wait for your brother, son. Feed off the bench. Okay, now sit. Not there. Scooch down. Hush up. Just leave the books for now. Hat off. Arm out. Whisper, my boy. 
Listen close for the bells. Don't sing just now, son. Ah, well, go on, sing. Something holy's happening. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. Please tune in next time for more conversation, reflections, and Catholic culture. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to drop us a line to give us feedback or suggest future topics to feature, write us at podcast at corelancing.org. You can find the Church of the Resurrection online at corelancing.org. Thanks for listening, and God bless.